0: I never wanted to be a flash in the pan trend or get those quick likes or quick rewards. I really want to stick it out and play the long game. I want to Mm. be doing this for a long time. And the beauty of blogging is that my audience grows with me and you can have this career forever almost.
1: Hey, welcome to Ladyland, a podcast by Lady Brains, where we chat to ambitious women about what it takes to become an overnight success. Huge spoiler alert. The overnight success does not exist. We're your hosts, Caitlin, Anna and Mava. Now get comfy, fellow lady brains, and ride with us to Ladyland. Today's
2: chat is with one of the pioneers of the fashion blogging industry in Australia. Sarah Crampton is the face of Harper & Harley, a fashion, lifestyle and beauty blog that has captured the attention of women all over the world. From humble beginnings, quitting her job at 21 and uprooting her life to move to Sydney, Sarah has managed to grow her Instagram audience to over 560,000 followers and her CV now reads like the contents of a Vogue magazine. She's partnered with brands like Gucci, YSL, Estee Lauder, Nike and many more. But Sarah isn't only an influencer. In 2016, she made the leap into retail, launching The Undone, an online boutique selling a carefully curated lineup of beautiful minimalist clothing. We sat down with Sarah in her high-ceilinged, timber-floored Surrey Hills office to chat about how she came to be at the forefront of Australia's fashion scene.
0: I was that kind of kid that wanted to have a job when they were instantly 14 and nine months, and I haven't stopped working since. I wish I did have a break, but yeah. I just have this drive to just keep on going. And my dad and my grandfather have a kitchenware wholesaling business, which they've run together for like 40-plus years. And I've just always seen my family work in that way, and I think that's had a, a big impact on like my work mm. work ethic. Like my dad would leave at 7, come home at 7 every single day, travel for work, We really give it his all, but also make time for family. But, yeah, I've always seen that kind of entrepreneurial spirit, I guess, through my family. What were you doing at 14 and nine months? Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, so I was so shy. I wanted to work at one of those, like, cool, like, fashion stores in the mall, went to one of those group interviews, flunked. Um, All my friends got the job and I worked at a porto.
2: (laughs) Oh, did you? (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: So I was there for a little bit and then, you know, got my courage up and then I moved into – like a shoe store, fitting school kids' shoes and like mature women's shoes and then I went into like more of like a witchery kind of situation um, <laughs> but I was always in like retail.
3: Yeah. Did you all always know that you wanted to work in fashion? Was that always something? No, it wasn't.
0: I, it didn't really click until I was like 16, 17 when I would spend all my free time watching fashion TV and um, go on style.com and then I was obsessed, absolutely obsessed with it and I knew I wanted to work in fashion but I just didn't know how. I tried making my own clothes. Awful. <laughs> awful. I would try and like wear them out to like the clubs and stuff. And they're just so embarrassing. But so I tried to get into like a fashion degree after school. Yeah. Didn't make it. And so I
1: found myself in marketing. It's a bit of a common thread, isn't there? We've got a lot of ex-marketers, which I think is probably helpful. I think it's in. the most amazing course because I mm. like business
0: was – so you could just put into anything really, like I could do an arts degree, but I'm like, I don't even know what that means. So, yeah. but business, I'm like, I know what business is, and you can put that into anything you want to do.
3: So, you started your blog when you were 19 mm. and at
0: uni, or at, uni, at uni, yeah. So, yeah. talk us through that. How did that kind of come to fruition? Yeah, I was in my second year, I just finished. I was obsessed with blogs in my second year of uni, so reading all the old school ones, just absolutely obsessed. Um, and it was uni holidays christmas eve mm. bored obviously and i was just like well why not just give it a go and it was like blogspot super basic and i just started talking about things that i loved and at that point in time i was just i just wanted to be in the industry and i just wanted to be part of that community and that mm. was my in
3: and who was reading it following you
0: like <laughs> probably no one, <laughs> no one. <laughs> to be honest, like actually no one. Um, it took a long time, I think, to get any readers. It wasn't like one of those American ones where it's all about themselves and their outfits and I think once I realised I had to put myself forward, that was when things changed mm, yeah. and people could actually like, you know, have a, a bond with you because I actually see a girl behind the screen rather than just campaign imagery saying, I like this, cool.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And was that hard? Do you find that easy, you know, putting mm-hmm. yourself out there? Are you an outwardly confident person? I am the opposite of that. Um, especially at that age,
0: I was so shy. It's taken a long time for me to kind of put myself forward in this way, mm. but mentally I've totally separated myself from my Harper Mahali brand. Like when I see that online or that amount of followers, I'm like, well, that's cool, but that's a brand and that's not necessarily Sarah. Sarah is a totally different person and she is very reserved.
3: It must be hard to compartmentalize like that or has it just become kind of natural for you?
0: Yeah, I think it's just over time, it's just how I process this, I guess. Once you if you overthink it, you might get really freaked out. Yeah. With that many eyeballs on you.
3: Yeah. So at what point did your blog start sort of gaining traction and momentum? And when did you realize like, oh, I actually have a lot of people listening to me and watching what I'm doing and I could, you know, leverage this in some way?
0: Well, I moved, so I grew up in Brisbane and I moved to Sydney when I was 21. I was still blogging, obviously, and working full-time. I think it was around when I was 22, 23, things started changing. I was using these like affiliate programs and, you know, you could start earning money through these like commission kind of setups. Mm. And it was only when I was like, oh, I'm earning a fair amount of money off this, the same amount I was earning on my my full-time job. Mm. I'm like... How about I click it over and actually put the effort in? And it was around that time that I was like, oh, I'm one of the key people in Australia that are doing this at the moment. I was part of a network called Felt. That was a really big game changer for me, I think, because I was associated with, you know, the Gary Peppers, Mm. the Tula Vintage, the Oracle Fox, and just being aligned with those girls and those women kind of set me on a different tier.
1: And was a lot of learning by doing because obviously it was relatively new, you know, blogging and making money off blogging. Yeah. How did you know how to kind of negotiate those contracts or did you all support each other in that?
0: In the early days, it was just like you just try and figure it out and I wasn't really charging anything Mm. or it was only these affiliate kind of programs I was owning money off um, but with the felt network they also had like a manager side of things so I just jumped on that and I was like cool you guys <laughs> can now tell me what I'm worth because I mm. really don't know but I'm also surrounded by amazing women who are doing the same thing I'm doing mm. and we magnate towards each other because we're in the same kind of learning experience with the same passion we're so like interested in fashion and building a brand and so we talk to each other and we try kind to of figure it out and that's been the biggest thing I think just having friends in the industry. How has it felt kind of
3: being, okay, I don't want to sound lame, but like a pioneer, you know, like you are one of the first yeah. and you've been one of the
0: first.
3: And, and I've stuck around. You've stuck around, right? Mm. So like how do you
0: navigate that, being the first person and being a pioneer in that way? Yeah, I'm really proud. I mean going back to my family's business, I you know, play the long game and I never wanted to be a flash in the pan trend or get those quick likes or quick rewards. I really want to stick it out and play the long game. I want to be Mm. doing this for a long time. And the beauty of blogging is that
1: my audience grows with me and you can have this career forever almost. And how have you measured success? You know, obviously there's how much response you get to what you put out there, but are there other ways that you can measure that? And how, how well, or how closely did you get to your audience? So with Instagram,
0: everyone's about likes and things Mm. like that, but with that affiliate program that we were using early days, you actually saw, and which I loved, the data side of things, it mm. was seeing what is selling. That mm. like, yeah, I can post the top and, sure, you can get lots of likes on something, but is anyone buying it? Mm. And seeing the sell-throughs, I'm like, that's cool. That's what I'm really fascinated by is that not only are they clicking through and checking it out, but they're like, I will purchase this because she's worn it. Mm. And, you know, I can picture myself wearing that and looking good in that. Mm. a lot of power like it's a lot of power isn't it yeah yeah Yeah. and you have to like you know this sets you apart the ones that actually have a vision and put forward things that they actually like and actually care about versus the ones that just do it for money and you know you lose credibility
1: you lose that trust you once you've lost that you've lost everything Mm. because I'm sure you'd have a lot of people knocking on your door wanting to offer you things and you just have to say no because it doesn't align with your brand completely and in the early days you're like oh maybe I can make it work and then you're like, this
0: is not good for me, yeah. not good for my brand. I Like I hate working with these, these people that just don't get it. They just want to use my name, put words in my mouth. Even now there's like brands that just want to, you know, approve every caption and put a hashtag in there for no reason at all apart mm. from lazy PR work. And I'm just like, you are too much for me. I don't yeah. want to do this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's so frustrating.
3: How do you know which brands or how do you choose which
0: brands to work
3: with? Yeah. Like what are your
0: kind of criteria? Well, now the Undone is like my core business, and it's, I don't have to work with a million brands or, well, actually, I do. I mean, I'm, I do have to pay my bills and everything because, mm. you know, I'm working on a startup there. I don't have any income. So my blog is still my main, my income mm. stream. But my main message is my business, and I just have to pick brands that kind of fit that message as well. So it's complementary. not going to yeah. be conflict of interest. I have to say no to a launcher. Other online stores now because I find it like wrong I'm not going yeah. to go into a department store I want you to shop at the undone not there so beauty is a big one for me but it has to be you know that undone look and that natural look yeah and things that I really align with it's a really
3: great segue into talking about <laughs> the undone <laughs>
1: like, tell us more
3: well obviously you've you know you've spent a decade basically building your personal brand and building your audience and You've been incredibly smart in being able to leverage that and build a business off the back of it, which is amazing. So when did the idea come to you? Did you
0: always know that that was what you wanted to do? I didn't know it was going to be an online store, but I knew I wanted to do something. I can't believe I didn't think of it sooner, like, you know, because my background is in e-commerce and it's in marketing and I absolutely love e-commerce. And when I'm like, oh, that would be a great idea. I'm like, why didn't I think of this sooner? You're
1: like, oh, ding. Like, what you light bulb. Do you remember when the penny dropped? <laughs> yeah, I was driving. I'm like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> staring you in the face.
0: Um, no, but it, is, it was a perfect alignment for me and it's what I'm passionate about. So I see this as like a really long term situation. Mm.
3: So once you had that light bulb idea when you were driving mm. and you're like, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to build
0: this business, what was the first thing that you did? I think I try and think of a name. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, and that's so silly. Like, but I wanted to, I knew it had to be the same as Harper and Harley's like minimal aesthetic. And I'm like trying to work out and Undone was like trending word a few mm. years ago. And it kind of was just like kept on throwing itself at me. So I'm like, yeah, that felt right. But I kept it a secret, the whole like setup, because you have to buy in advance and, you know, six months at minimum. And you just want to make sure you have all those brands on board and you don't want the word to come out too soon. Mm. There's so much pressure once everyone knows
1: everything, you know. Mm -hmm. And I want to be first to market with that niche as well. Yeah, Um, I couldn't find it anywhere else. And talk us through that process of onboarding those brands. Like you obviously had established relationships due to your blogging platform. Yeah. What was the pitch like? Like how did you get them on board? You know, was it a bit of a two-way street? In terms of you knowing exactly who you wanted on The Undone, uh, were there people approaching you once they found out that, you know, you were building this brand? It was definitely my relationship with these mm. designers, especially the ones that I knew would be
0: like a, a hero mm. as well, like the Dion Lees and the Christopher Espers and the Elleries and things like that. I knew I had to get them and you know, I did it via my relationships. Mm. So I'd been, you know, working with them or supporting them for years and they trusted me, they got it, they knew that I could sell their product through my social media. So it was almost like it was easy to convince them. Mm-hmm. Obviously I had, you know, my little pitch and my little my inspo and my little PDF. Um, <laughs> my slide. Yeah. Yeah. And my uh, slideshow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that slide show. Um, so that was, that was really good. Once you lock in some of those brands, mm-hmm. you could then market yourself being like, all oh, these guys are yeah. going to be there from launch. Do you want to be part of it? And a lot of them were like, yeah, of course, that sounds great.
1: The customer is a minimalist mm-hmm. at heart and I think that I'm um, you know is a reflection of also your style yep. so were you trying to fulfill something that was missing in your life like what was you know where did the idea of the yeah. undone really come from
0: yeah so part of my blog was that I was putting together these like outfits and um, collages of different things and I was suggesting like if I was wearing a black top and some jeans I would then find like get the look less and Mm. I was going to all these online stores to find these products filter by color Mm. filter by all these different things and I'm just like this is wasting my time like sorting through all these websites that have so much stuff just too much and I just wanted to be like wait there should be a website that just has personal style edited Mm. you know there's so many bright colored things everywhere how about there's a place where you know if you don't want to hear all that noise and all that Stuff that you can just find it in one place, mm. and yeah, done was born, <laughs> <laughs> and here we are. Here we are.
3: So in the beginning, obviously, you had brand relationships. You were able to get the brands on board, but you had to buy the stock, mm. build the site. Mm-hmm. How did you fund that first, like establishing the business? Yeah, so I didn't think it was going to cost as much as it
0: did. <laughs> it
3: never does. Always, uh, always, always yeah. <laughs> think
1: always. that, don't you? <laughs> um,
0: so I was so adamant that we were just going to do it from our savings. And by that I mean like my husband and I. And mm. um, you know, I told him my idea and he's like, look, let's do it together and I'll match what you match so it's, we're in this. And everything was like, yeah, cool. And then I realised I didn't have the money to like buy the stock for like, you know, you have to buy at least two seasons or even start selling, which was crazy. And that's I made huge mistakes with um my amount of things I purchased in those first seasons because I hadn't even – worked out how much I could um, turn over mm. and so you know you, you have all this money and this all this money put aside and then all of a sudden you see it just drop and mm. you're like oh wait <laughs> I need a bit more and I had to ask my parents and my now in-laws um, for that money so it's all family borrowed and personally mm. invested and thank god we didn't go to like the banks although they wouldn't mm. have uh, like done it anyway just too much risk yeah. yeah too much risk but yeah we're really proud that it's all or personally yeah. funded,
3: and I guess that would give you also a sense of responsibility and the drive to be like this oh, has so to succeed. Much. Like my parents, and my in-laws have
0: invested in yeah. this; can't fail. Yeah, exactly. And that's yeah. like such a driver. And you know, you just want to have that day where you are like, I just paid you back. Like, yeah, you know, that's yeah. gonna that absolutely drives me, and it makes also puts the pressure on and makes yeah. you a bit more stressed. But then the day that your family and yeah. they love you and they want you to succeed and they're there for you. So I'm so fortunate to have that support. Definitely. Yeah.
1: And did you have anyone helping you in terms of like mentoring you, someone that has done this successfully before? How did you learn about the logistics and stock and how much to buy and once you kind of f- started to figure that out?
0: Yeah, I unfortunately, I didn't seek that out. I was keeping it a secret and I think because I had worked in e-commerce before I thought like I kind of knew it but I had an incredible web developer that had done a bunch of other websites in the fashion kind of space and he was super helpful. He almost like managed the launch or like the Mm. website setup and all the apps you plug into Shopify and how you can logistically manage it all. So I was actually really, really happy with how we kind of coordinated that and he was a total blessing.
3: What about how the logistics in the sense of getting stock to customers like did, oh, sure.
0: <laughs> did you
3: know what the fuck you were doing in that
0: space? Like <laughs> well, you have all that prep time, you know, yeah. you have all these apps yeah. where you can plug it in and like do tests and things like that. Yeah. It's not too hard as long as you have the right things yeah. and the right, right resources. Yeah. But you know, at the end of the day you can just put it in the post and go to the Oz yeah. post if you need to. So there's always a solution. And the, Beginning, it starts slow, you know. Mm. It's not like with that person that has that overnight excess, success where yeah. you get like a million orders in day one. Although, <laughs> wouldn't that be nice? That'd be nice. <laughs> yes,
1: please.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> you very briefly mentioned that you made a couple of mistakes mm. in the early days. What were some of those? Because I think that's always interesting to yeah. know like, you know, you can have failures but you can
0: still kind of move forward. And... Oh, totally. And it was definitely – buying too much or spending too much of that capital early I wish I just held back and just kept it for a rainy day almost um but you're just so excited and you just you want to put it all out there and have all those brands and all that offering for your customer but I wish I had just gone a little bit more slow and a little bit less positive (laughs) yeah yeah like really being like let's like let's just do it really slowly yeah Yeah. like launch with 10 brands instead of 50 or... just go, like, I went quite deep in my buy. Right, okay. And it was too expensive as well. So the product was way too high. Um, Learned very quickly that some brands that you think are really successful Mm. aren't actually. Mm. And it's a bit of, like, you know, a marketing thing where you think because it's a fashion brand and you see it everywhere that it sells really well, but Mm. not Mm. correct. Interesting. That is interesting. Do you have a really good sense now of what your consumer wants? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now yes absolutely and it's just so much fun when I can nail it I'm like yes I I knew it yeah (laughs) (laughs) and you know it's it's one of those things like of course that sells you know yeah anything that's flattering great price point well made conscious of you know creating it with a bit of ethical mindset yeah it's a no-brainer yeah so you'd have a pretty strong repeat buyer yes that's great yeah fantastic repeat buyer our very first customer on day one continues to shop with us like at least once a month. She's wonderful. Love her. Oh, really?
1: Yeah. And how do you reward them or how do you keep them on board? Like, what's their relationship like with her and other you yeah. know, repeat buyers? I mean, a lot of people just want newness. Mm. They want to have that
0: regular email being like, look at everything that's new and wonderful on the website. Um, but we do like birthday rewards and other things. Like, yeah, we have, and we also have wonderful customer service and mm. have that one-on-one conversation we're not a robot we're mm. real people I mean, we have a very small team so you'll likely speak to myself or Danielle and oh, yeah cool. and that's it. Uh, yeah God, I'm gonna call up yeah, yeah. oh, I'm always <laughs> up for a chat um, <laughs> great <laughs> I'm always on the customer service I love it
3: so how many of you are there in your team There's... so
0: there is myself yeah and our econ manager yeah and then we just hired a part-time role this week cool. um which is wonderful and then obviously we outsource um like photographers Mm. and um, web developers and things like that. And we've also got Kelly Mueller doing some like PR and marketing consulting work from her home home in Byron. Oh, Oh, nice. Yeah, how lovely. So, you know, we're a bit of like, we're a good little team, which is nice and it's grown really slowly and Mm. with purpose and that's one thing that I've learned. It's all like I always knew that you can't grow a team fast, grow really slowly because, you know, wages are one thing. You just you need to make that every
1: month and you need to manage and, you know, yeah. and yeah. finding the right people right and fit the right people yeah yeah exactly when you look at the business like is it where you expected it to be you know obviously some you know when you start a business you have this like oh yeah I'm going to grow to this you know amount at this time yeah. how's that going for you and you yeah. know what are you doing to kind of stay on track
0: yeah I mean you know in the beginning you you think that in two or three years it'll be huge and wonderful and all that kind of stuff but you know you get reality checked quite early on. You're like, okay, so this is my growth now. Mm. But we are growing and you know, that's impressive for a, a new brand in retail, in online. Totally. Um, in our mm. price point and our
1: market. Absolutely. Mm.
3: So how do you balance your time between your blog, Harper and Harley, and then your business?
0: <laughs> yeah. So I'm all business these days. <laughs> really? Um, yeah, I'm I'm undone Monday to Friday you know, normal, I love
1: full-time. that. I'm undone Monday I'm to Friday. Sounds like us. It's a really great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, you know, this is my full-time job and even more so. But Harper & is what converts, you know, yeah. customers and sales to the undone and it pays my bills as well. So I'll shoot content pre-office hours, so 7 a.m. to 9, mm-hmm. um, once every fortnight or so, and I'll do posts and social media at night time or the weekends as well, so. Yeah, that's how I kind of manage it. The only tricky thing is when I'm got like something crazy happening in the office and then my manager's texting me or being like you've got this deliverable and they want to change something and you have to reshoot and I'm like I can't be everywhere. No. Yeah. <laughs> like help me. But then you just have to juggle it and work yeah. out how to deal with that.
3: Do you have to sacrifice like oh, yeah. having basically two full-time jobs?
0: Yeah, like I no longer can travel. I was going to say that are you kind still of fun traveling. Stuff. Yeah, no. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely wonderlust blogger yeah. um, <laughs> although it looks fun <laughs> but yeah i mean i travel twice a year for my buying appointments to
1: paris mm. and you know how great is that oh, so i can't complain no yeah could be worse things to do absolutely uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah you're working five days a week here mm-hmm. but what does your day-to-day look like is it one thing you know throughout the week or is it kind of a bit of a hodgepodge it's hodgepodge, yep. for sure.
0: <laughs> I'm Because we are such a small team. We're a startup and everything. I'm across absolutely everything. Mm. My main area is buying and the product, mm. making sure it arrives, making sure it's online and like merged and, you know, shot on models and sending that message to the customer that we're more than a product as well, that if you – buy into this kind of minimal lifestyle it will actually make your life better and easier and you'll feel wonderful Mm -hmm. Um, because that totally changed my life when I realized that but yeah I mean my to-do list is just never ending (laughs) never ending and it just jumps around a little bit but um my buying and getting product here on time and forecasting and saying it um staying the strategy is my number one
3: have there been any things that you've had to kind of learn or upskill yourself in like know, accounting and finance or mm. like, I don't know, is there anything that.
0: Well, absolutely everything. Luckily my husband does our finances and like our baths and that kind of yeah. stuff. Thank God. Because um, <laughs> that is just not fun. Um, but absolutely everything else. Like I know how to do a website as in like an uploading product and making sure that's all fine. That's easy. But it's learning how to be a manager and to lead a team and to, you know, have the answer to every single question. Like you're the one that needs to answer everything, mm. even little things or big things. It's just like that's really draining mm. and you totally underestimate that. I like think. the responsibility of. Yeah. Yeah. What's
3: the hardest thing about your job, do you think?
0: I don't know. You just want to keep this thing alive, you know. It's like a baby. Like yeah. You have to make sure. Don't it's, kill the baby. Don't kill the baby. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's just keeping positive. Um, mm. when people or like cash flow is like the scariest thing in this kind of yeah, this kind of industry. It's like, okay, cool. Like in, out, in, out, in, out, and just managing that. That's almost my day actually every day is managing that, watching mm. it go in and out. Yeah. yeah. And making sure there's more coming in than out. <laughs> than out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So far, so good.
3: So. <laughs> you make it sound easy. like More coming in than out, but
0: yeah. it's actually quite complex. And I'm like, damn, do an Instagram post now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and what do you think has been one of the biggest risks that you've taken in the business? I think just starting it. Yeah. Totally yeah. just starting it. And I think people like doubted it for a long time
0: mm. or doubted me. Some people just still look at me as a blogger and what mm. does she know and what business sense does she have or, you know, how can she – make this work yeah but um hopefully I proved them wrong and what do you want to say to the naysayers <laughs> look at me now look at me now <laughs> well I'm just really proud I'm really proud that it still exists because everyone's yeah. like you know oh you're lucky you still exist after six months or yeah. one year two years three years I'm like yeah. yeah look at like I'm gonna make this yeah you yeah. know I think that I just like, like mm. when people are wrong
3: yeah and I can imagine it would be hard because you've had so many years as a blogger Mm. and then to kind of change the perception from blogger to business person who, like, yes, you've been able to leverage your audience, which is a super smart thing to do, but you do finance and you're the manager and you do the ops and you do the buying and, you know, you're... You're running a business. You're a
1: business, I mean, it it takes, well, you know, it's a lot of effort. Yeah, I I think people
0: underestimate also the business of blogging too. True. And they just look at the pictures and they're like, oh, you just put, you know, you get dressed and you take a photo and that's that, but... You should see all the briefs I can see and how I see how brands work with bloggers and how that whole strategy runs out. Like I know Mm. all that. So it gets really frustrating when brands don't understand that as well.
3: What is like the non-glamorous side of being a blogger? Like, you know, the hard things you have to do or trawling through briefs or, you know?
0: It's that whole balancing being part of a bigger marketing plan for a brand. Mm. They should be working with you because they believe in your content and want to tap into your audience, yet they also then want to tell you every single word to put out on your caption or how to pose for your photo and what should the background be and all this stuff. And I'm like, just believe in me. Like believe that I know what I'm doing and I know what my audience will like to see and how they're Mm. going to respond to this photo. Don't try and like micromanage me. Yeah. It's so frustrating. And do you yeah. have the power to negotiate and push back? Yeah, you just say, look, this is, this is no. it. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is what I've created. Um, I'm not going to reshoot this. I'd rather walk away now if we can't come to a compromise with what the content I've produced already. Mm. Mm. And some people are like, yeah, cool. Or some people are like, bye. <laughs> Ciao. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's so fine. You know, yeah. my, I, my time is precious and my mental health is precious. Yeah. I'm not going to deal with this. What's the best piece of business advice you've ever received? I think it was a chat with Alison Rice yeah. when mm. I was um, trying to work out who to hire in the new e-commerce role that we had. I went through a period where, um, like, my business partner had left the business, and my employee at the time also decided to leave at the same time. And I'm like, okay. "God," I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> let's, let's just handle this, buckle mm. in." And I was just like, "I need to find the right person to fill this role. I can't do this by myself." And she was like, look, small business, what you need isn't just a skill set. You know, anyone can fill this role. You know, you can, you'll have a million applicants to fill this role on a skill set base. What you need is someone who's going to care about your business and care about you, Mm. someone who's going to be your buffer to make sure that you are okay, to make sure that you can balance my other job and my flexibility and have that mental space to like go for a walk at lunchtime, clear my head, they need to really care about you. Yeah. And I think I found that person so I'm really happy. That's amazing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think it's a really good point because, you know, skills can be taught, they can be learnt, but it's having that right fit, someone that cares, someone that's passionate, someone that's, you know, compassionate, um, you know, that wants to be there. You can't really teach that. So that's the most Mm. important thing when you're hiring. Yeah. It's full gut. And full, like, yeah. that relationship, that connection you have. Mm.
0: Um, and they have to, like, just love your business, especially when it's your own, when you've started something up. They need to be, like, so passionate about it. Yeah. Mm. How much has gut and intuition played into your, like, business journey? Oh my God. Or life? The whole thing.
3: Yeah. The whole mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I think, yeah, it definitely has played a whole, whole lot. Like, even just moving to Sydney by myself at 21. You know, that was one of the gutsiest things I've ever done in my life. At the time, I was like, I'm just moving to Sydney. Like I took it in my stride, but looking back, I'm like, whoa. (laughs) Like how did I do that? But, yeah, you just have to to follow that. Um, When you don't, you see it come out and it's awful.
1: It's a bit of blind faith, isn't it? Just backing yourself.
0: Yeah.
1: And we all have that inside of us. You just have to tune in.
3: Yeah, totally, Mm -hmm. totally. And when you kind of go against your gut, you know. You know, and Come then on. the repercussions are just obvious, like.
1: Yeah. yeah. You're like,
3: damn. Why didn't I listen?
1: <laughs> Is there anything that you do to help you tune in? Like, do you have a, I don't know, a well-being practice or just something that helps you centre and balance yourself?
0: Um, I had this wonderful, wonderful conversation with a woman at a beauty event one time and she was like, I'm also a sci- psychic. Mm. And I'm like, awesome, tell me everything. Um, and she's like, look things are going to be tough but when you need a bit of clarity get yourself outside get your feet on grass mm. ground yourself that fresh air and I always remember that when I'm whenever I'm having a hard time I'm like get myself on grass take my shoes off just like reset mm. and once you're just like at peace with yourself and can calm yourself down and you know even putting your hands on your stomach and like just breathe
3: mm. then you
0: kind of just chill out for a second
3: What's been your biggest pinch me moment?
0: There's been a few, like being on a reality TV show, I don't know how that happened. And
3: that's how been, did that yeah, happen? Well, the,
1: just, yes, ask. you do.
0: <laughs> I think it was timing, right place, right time and saying yes to it. Yeah. I could have easily said no and I'm just really proud of myself that I went through with that and definitely starting The Undone and seeing it grow and seeing people shop who I don't know and watching them come back.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's really lovely.
0: Must Beautiful. be a kind of weird, surreal experience. Yeah. And I need to remember just to pause and just have a look at it. Mm, um, it. Yeah.
1: And enjoy it. Yeah. savour the moment. Yeah.
0: Mm.
3: can be easy to forget when you're so busy all the time. Well, you're and just stuck got, in the
0: operational, right? Yep. In the day to day. Yeah. Yeah, totally. You need to take a step back. And sometimes it's like, wow. <laughs> but, mm,
3: <laughs> how? But how did I get here? Yeah. <laughs> We'd just like to ask some wrap up questions.
0: What makes you happy? I think it is when I'm grounding myself. When I'm with my husband, with our dogs, being at home, just that peaceful, nurturing, kind of my sanctuary space. Mm, yep. And who inspires you? My family, my girlfriends who are doing the same kind of thing I'm doing and building amazing brands who I can look to and we can chat
1: about it. You know, we definitely motivate each other for sure. And what's next for Harper and Harley and The Undone? Survival. <laughs> <laughs> so, the undone, we're
0: adding more categories, testing the waters continuously, um just seeing what works. I really want to put out there into the universe that I want to do like a pop-up physical um, experience mm. for the store. I want people to be able to touch and feel it. I want us to all meet together and have a conversations and have that physical experience for the customer. Um, hopefully end of the year would be nice. I don't know how this is going to happen, but you know, universe works in magical ways. You're putting it yeah. out there, Put it out. putting it's it the out the first thing. <laughs> and Harper and Harley, we'll see. I mean, you know, I'm going to turn thirty very soon, and it's going to be interesting to go into a new decade of who I am and what my style is, and how I can build that relationship with the people that have been following for such a long time.
1: Amazing! Mm-hmm. Happy birthday! Happy yeah, birthday. How
3: do you feel about turning thirty? I'm almost there,
1: show. Yeah, when's your
0: birthday? May. Um, March. Um, yeah. <laughs> and all my girlfriends are turning 30. Yeah, I know. My husband's much older than me. All um, well, my friends are in their 30s. So, like, it's not scary. I feel really comfortable. I'm at ease with it. I feel 30 in my head already. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, it's not like I'm floating around not knowing who I am and what yeah. I'm, what makes me happy. Yeah, so you, you got your shit together. It's fine. Yeah. yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty comfortable in where I'm at right now. So yeah. I'm fine with it.
1: Thanks for listening. Please be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Follow us on Instagram, lady.brains and head over to ladybrains.com.au to find out more about our events and other cool things that are happening.